Today is August 18th, season series tied with the Mets now. You see how I did that? See how I avoided talking about losing a series this time? Hayes, Reynolds, pitching, and boobirds. Lots to get into today. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, what's going on? I tell you what, I was in a little bit of a mood this morning. Yeah. We're recording this earlier than normal and I got up and I was like, I need to clean my desk. (laughs) Everything's reorganized. I like it. I'm ready to go, man. (sighs) I'm ready to go. (laughs) <laughs> lots to uh, kind of lots to get into here on a on a Friday episode. Yeah, I asked you before about the about the title here. I said, "Hey, what do you think of that title? You get it? And you didn't get it. Did you get it no. after my little intro? You still don't get it? The Boo Birds. The Boo Birds. The Boo Birds in the Boxwoods. You know what? I a, just don't get the. I don't you don't get the, get the Boxwoods, boxwoods reference. Yeah, your hedges are usually Boxwoods. Uh, okay. Oh, we, there were some comments made this week on the Rose Rotation by Austin Hedges, who's a regular on that show. Um, and, you know, they talked about the trade and talked about some things, and he talked about getting booed a little bit. And that news is kind of circulating uh, circulating around, uh, you know, baseball. and Not really baseball as much as it is Pirates fans. Are, are starting sure. to catch wind of of this. And um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, also, uh, obviously, the series with the Mets and, and normal things, but uh, Paul Skeen's first start in Bradington. Bradington? Bradington. <laughs> I kind of, like I said, Bradington. <laughs> um, and then also um, just some other pitching things Quinn Priester sent down and and uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. Um but yeah, uh, midday, little lunch break recording today. Yeah, you know what I mean. Get out of yeah. work and 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 pop into this, and then back into work afterwards. Um, so, you know, that's a thing. Yeah, I got to pop into work after this. Yeah, to start work for the day. Yeah. So, and we have a series coming up with the twins. So that's that's that. Let's get into this Mets series. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, we we lost the series, but we won the series earlier this year. You're on the road, so if you're gonna flip that, that's kind of how it does. You split a season series with the highest payroll team in baseball. Yeah, and since yeah, I mean, since payroll wins games, like that's the best team, right? <laughs> Dude, I how sarcastic can I continually uh, be that about was dripping, this? Man, just. The sarcasm never ends when it comes to money and wins, and it just doesn't work that way, guys. You you pay money to get players, not to win games. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So when you say, we'll win more when we spend more, well, not necessarily. We'll win more when we get good players. If that means we had to pay to get those good players, then coincidentally, as a result, we spent more. But first things first, and the most important thing is get good players. Yeah, and even and, and when think, you do, 
it may not work out. Right. And I, th- I think spending more to me, it would be better off like extending some guys, not not necessarily going out and getting big free agents that may or may not work out in your organization. You get a guy there who's working out in your organization. I'd rather spend money to retain those guys. Yeah, but in sure, a way, you can they're... pick up a you can pick up a guy here or there. I'm I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I would want to focus on spending money as in like keeping guys around that yeah. are performing already with your club. I think that's I think that's fine to say. I think that's also fine to say that you will always have holes if you only depend on internal development. Right. First right. base right now, we have to spend money on first base. Period. Yes. Yes. Starting pitching, we've got to spend money on starting pitching. Agreed. So that I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm also saying like, no, it does require you to go out and compete in free agency if you want to make yeah. a run. And that starts next year. But that's not what we're talking about today. But I mean, I think that was, um, you know, that it's all part of it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what we're looking at here. Uh, the, the Priester game, first and foremost... Another outing from from Quinn Priester that they're just allowing him to go deep regardless of how well he's doing. He gives up six runs in five innings. He, he walks three and he strikes out three. Two of them were homers, seven hits. They let him work. And then Beto came in and threw the last three. So interestingly enough, you've basically made a commitment to say, two guys, two guys are going to throw here. We're not going to let this be game one and tax our bullpen. Um, right. Which is what the other, which is what the Mets did with Carrasco only going three innings, and they used uh, six pitchers total. Yeah, what was it like? Fourteen pitchers used in that game, or something like that. I think I heard. Well, that was the that was the doubleheader one that we were talking about. Oh yeah, okay. There was ten pitchers in um, in the middle game that we won. So you could see that, like, we were running through the Mets bullpen a little bit, mm-hmm. which I thought maybe would have helped us out in the last game, usually and, it, and it didn't. It usually does. However, it didn't seem to matter much. Um, but game one, a couple hits from Hayes as he continues to hit the ball well, and just to stay on Hayes for a minute, he hits. Um, yeah, he hits leadoff. Two more hits, the last game, back in the leadoff spot. Two more hits, six hits. He hits another home run in this series. Did he? I thought he had another home run in this series. He flew out a couple times, like yeah, to he the did wall not. too. He did not. Yeah. Uh, but who did hit another home run is Brian Reynolds, the three-run homer on Wednesday's day game, which was the only three runs we could muster up. No, it was a two-run mm. homer. We got another run yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. Um. From Hayes, right? And Hayes Hayes knocked in the other run, I thought. I, th- I think so. No, Alika on the on the blue pit late in the game. That's right. Am I thinking this all right? Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Um, you know, not a lot there. The two games that we lost, they weren't close. They're both five run games. The game that we won probably uh could have been a little bit better, I I think. Um about Colin Selby, just he kind of let it let it break, uh, let them creep back towards in this game. Uh, another good outing for Bednar, yeah. back under two ERA, gets his twenty fifth save. Um, 
but that's good. Peguero, another home run. So you're seeing a lot of these things. Anything you want? Is there anybody like Which, Hayes in particular? You know what I mean? Go ahead. What were you going to say? Sure. Uh, so, so interestingly enough, I'm going to throw this little tidbit in here first. Cody Bolton lets him get back into the game. but still picks up the W for that game. His first career MLB win. So kind of congrats, bud. Uh, I don't know. Uh, wait. Anyway. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. What are you talking about? That game, he came in relief, and he gave up all those runs. He still got the win. Not not in this series. What are you talking about? I thought that's what Greg Brown said. Selby. Post game. Selby. That's it. Okay. I'm sorry. I was like, wait. I'm sorry. I was like, are Selby you thinking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selby. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I got them. Yeah. Do you like both, that if he's not effective? Still minor <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, it's just weird. Um. But, yeah. And then Peguero's home run. I just want to throw that out there because that was a home run in old New York too, old City Field. Okay. Because it was over the big wall. Oh, I got like, you. You know what I'm saying? But no, Hayes is really striking the ball well. His timing's on point, and that's what's you know that that's been his biggest difference. He's not hitting the ball deep in the zone. He's getting out ahead of it and and, and driving it. And you can go the other way out ahead of a of, of the zone. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big like let the ball get super deep is a is a, is not as important anymore. You drive the ball because your hand your hands are still out in front of your body. That's where your power comes from. It's not, and that's where he's at right now. He's getting his hands firing, getting the barrel out, and driving the ball to anywhere. You can pull it, push it, you know, whatever. He's not getting those little dribblers through the, through the backside anymore between first and second that he was getting early in his. Some of his, not super early, super early he came up and he was good, right? And then he kind of went to this backside approach and this, you know, that's not what he's doing right now. He's hitting the ball hard. He's driving it, getting elevated to both sides of the park. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Telling somebody not to go backside is so strange to me. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I think better hitters go the other way, but... I don't know. I, I see what you're and saying. He's going the other way, but he's driving the ball the other way. He's yeah. Not just, well, he was you know. before too, but it, when everybody had a problem with the fact that he couldn't pull the ball, I have a problem with not being able to pull the ball. I do not have a problem with having an opposite field approach if you can still pull the ball. And that's right. where he's at yes. right now. And that's what you're trying to say. But uh, so, so it's not like I'm disagreeing with you here. It, it's just. So many people who've had a problem with him going the other way is is the that's where I take issue with it. I I, I don't he he should be going the other way. Good hitters can can use the whole field. Yeah. So long as he's not unable to pull the ball, which is where he was. So the problem isn't with using right field. As your as that's your point you're you're making right here is he's mm-hmm. he's using he's still doing the right field. Thing. He's using the whole field. He's using the whole field. But he was out in front going the other way even before. He was hitting the ball hard before. We we talked about his exit velo, his average exit velo and his batting average on balls in play being the thing that was saying he's hitting the ball. He just wasn't pulling balls that he should be pulling. And now you're seeing both. Yeah. But for a guy who just naturally goes the other way, let him live there. If that's where he is his best and he was in in the COVID year when he when he tore up, 
just the let it be so long as they're throwing in on his hands, he's able to pull one and put it in the seats every once in a while. Right. And that's that's my thing is like, I just, I constantly hear it like, oh no, he's going to right field again. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just better when he when he's able to also pull the ball. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To open up the whole bag. But I don't have a problem with him going to right field. I'd rather him go to right field. I'd rather him go where the ball's pitched. I, if he can you know hit the saying? ball and, hard and, and, and get base what... <laughs> hits to right field, I'd rather him go to right field. It's more productive. If you've got a guy on and you want to move him up to third, hitting the ball to left field is a bad move. You know what I'm right. saying? Get the base right. hit to right and let him go first to third or 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 whatever, but... That's my only thing. And for a right-handed hitter, if he's able to... That ball he hit down the line with two guys on in the sixth inning or whatever the other day, I mean, I'm not... I'm not sure, but, like, that ball's off the Clemente wall, I think. And the fact that you have a shorter porch to right field, I don't know why you'd want to change that. That's a double off the Clemente wall with two runs are scoring. Maybe only Mm -hmm. one because the runner was on first. But with two outs... I'm pretty sure Alika Williams is boogieing on contact. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not right. convinced that that's not off the Clemente wall for two runs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's that's my that's my piece with that thing. I think let him let him go. I think he let him hit that way. I mean, you're flying out to the warning track at another stadium in right field. There's a fair chance. Now, I don't know the dimensions of City Field, but there's a fair chance that ball could be off the Clemente wall or he may play it differently because of that and you end up with hits because of that. So if he's able to drive the ball that way, man, I don't know why anybody would want to change that. And maybe they don't. Maybe maybe it's just the explanation is is misleading. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. but to it's, me, it's, I got no problem with him working the way that he normally works. He's a center field right center field guy, and I, I don't know why you'd ever want to change that. That is the epitome of somebody who's on time. So long as he's able to still pull the ball when he needs to. Yeah, and that's and that's been his thing. That's why they're saying he's more on time is because he's able to get everything at the start of his his uh, stance, everything at the start of his motion is all on time, which allows him to get his hands in and through and drive a pitch on the inner half. Yeah. That's what they're, I mean, that's basically what they're, he's, he's able to put the barrel on the ball no matter where it's pitched right now. Yeah. To me, I think right now, um, I think what you're seeing is a healthy key Brian Hayes. Yeah. absolutely. And I think that his problem is not the, the failure to produce his problem is a failure to stay healthy. Yeah. And I think it's, it comes down to that now. And I think we're going to continue to see that, that if this guy can continue to be healthy, I think we're going to see a better version of Key Brian Hayes. And when he's hurt, you're not going to see it. So to me, that's what it is. Um, and, and I'm convinced of that right now, but obviously... Right, right. Anything anything and everything will change eventually. So even if it's your lousy opinion or mine. Um, I, I mean, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, right? Right. Um, Oviedo did not have a bounce back start. He continues to be this version of hot for three. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we, I don't know how we have this with so many different players, but um, <laughs> it just continues to happen. It doesn't matter if we developed them or somebody else developed them and we try to, to it just doesn't matter. So, uh, 
I'm going to piggyback that into uh, into Quinn Priester. He was sent down. Uh, we we talked about his his start in this series, um, and and it's been and a lot of people have been talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's a velo drop, and I wonder if you've thought about this velo drop, and if you can attribute anything, or if you've thought about the fact that. Hey, Roanzi's problem and Ortiz's problem were velo drops too. And it was kind of documented that those were intentional velo drops. And I don't know that anybody said that about Priester. It, it It's not as drastic. It's only a couple miles an hour. But like I said before we hit record, when you're going from 96 to 94, that's kind of a big deal. Even yeah. though it's not 98 to 94. You know what I mean? It's still... Right. It's still... It, like, if you're a guy who works on your like through your fastball and your fastball is less effective, it's mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah, and, and and it's like we were talking about earlier. Average velo is up so much. Everybody's geared up to hit the fastball. I mean, if you're throwing 92 now, 94, it's almost BP pitch. Imagine you y- you hate something to say that, that me or you crazy. could never touch. Right. <laughs> I think that's about the fastest I ever faced was like 94, 95. Yeah. And it was one game, like, and I didn't hit well that game. I remember that dude from Penn State came came in just throwing absolute daggers. <laughs> and then he... Didn't he hit you? No. What happened was he, he was throwing the like this absolute heat, and then in the bottom of the first inning, he got in that bat and came out of the box weird. And started grabbing his hamstring, and he kept throwing that hard, but it was so inaccurate <laughs> that we had guys like, this dude's going to kill somebody. And so I remember going up to bat and thinking like, and I'm like this tiny little, right, <laughs> skin yeah. and bones, uh, speedy guy, and I just remember seeing him out there, I and mean, this dude was huge. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, and this, so just to clarify, because I said Penn State, this was like, my my last year, or no, it was, it was my it was my summer after my junior year, but like he was a he was already in college, but he was still eighteen, so he was playing this you know this travel ball or whatever, and it was like, bro, you probably whatever you know what I mean. Some guys do that, <laughs> yeah. And he was so wild, and I was like, I'm not gonna like stand in there and swing when I can just bunt. And so I remember, uh, I don't know if I laid down a bunt or if he ended up walking me, but I was trying to bunt. I was not, I was not going to stand in there and try to pull one of those things and, and take one in the face. You know what I mean? Like it was just not my, not my thing. And I think, I think he walked me cause we won that game like two nothing. So I think he walked me and the guy that was pitching for us hit a two run Homer. And that was the only run scored. Rossi. Okay. Yeah. So I think he hit the tank off of him and then that and that was all that happened. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna steal a run and I and first pitch, I think. I was like, Well, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm just gonna jog. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. But that that guy threw like ninety five, ninety six, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just remember saying, like, yeah, they got nothing on this. But Yeah. I think I went I think I went two for four in my in the game I faced the dude. One of them was a slider. I took advantage of an off speed pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's wild that you know what i mean like we like to talk we like to talk oh you got to hit that and it's like well you couldn't 
but you yeah. know that's yeah. also not my job so right anyway but anyway i think i think a lot of what priester's issue could be too i know that there's talk about it being intentional but he's up to about 115 innings pitched this year between minors and majors and he's never thrown over 100 innings before he so hasn't no i don't okay. think so I'm, I'm looking at it now and it does it looks like 90 innings 97 innings in 2021 in high A. Four teams in 2022, and he reached 90 innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so far this year, why does it say, oh, because they don't combine. Right, minors and majors. Minors and majors, but yeah. Hmm. You're looking about 115, 116 innings pitched. Yeah. And it, so, you know, 97, 90, and he is kind of getting up there. So there could be some of that in there. And that includes uh, that includes the, the Fall League, the 23 innings in the Fall League in 22, I believe. Uh, maybe not. No. So if you add the 90, and then if you add the 23 to the 90, he's right about it at the most he's thrown because yeah. of the Fall League. Because that does not include the folly. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. I mean, yeah, but you, there's a nice little break there, too, between the, the that and the folly. Sure. So, some, you know, you could be getting to a, a point where, I mean, this is why there are innings limits and things like that, because guys aren't accustomed to, to these long seasons and throwing that much. So... I don't know. Uh, is it something that you're concerned about? Is it something that when you look at, at Quinn Priester and you say, wow, this is a guy that I thought was really going to take a step forward, um, how do you feel about that? Is this a oh-crap move? I mean, because I feel like Rowanzi and, and Ortiz, it was an oh-crap move. Yeah, I think I think they were more of an oh-crap move than this one. I think this one's more of a, um, all right, you got a good taste. You, they, weren't, they weren't in their taste. They've already had their taste. You, you, cup of coffee, whatever you want to call it, they they've had a chance to make an adjustment already, and we're like, crap, they're not they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Now we have to send them down. We got to get them right. We got to do this. Priester's like, okay, you got you know twenty, almost thirty innings of work in the major league level. We know what you need to sharpen your game on. Let's go work on it. We can give you more breaks. We can we can start breaking down your starts. Like you know, they may have more more options for him to pitch like every seven days from here on out or something. You know, you you don't, I don't, I don't know because I'm not a fly on the wall in the conversation. You know what I mean? I I don't know what their actual, their plans are, their thoughts are, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm not super concerned about Quinn Priester. I think he's, I think he's learned some things at the major league level. We, you can't walk that many guys. He's got to get the ball under control. Let's go figure out how to do that. Let's, you know, figure yeah, out what the, pitches were good, what pitches weren't. Let's let's figure it out. And the issue that I that I have with that is that that was his problem in AAA too. That was no mm-hmm. surprise. I think right. his call up was almost just out of necessity, rather than you know anything else. I just looked it up. Uh, Rowanzi obviously coming into this year. I mean, he had pitched ninety plus innings last year at the major league level, and um, Luis Ortiz was sixteen innings. Of work, and so I think that we're talking even three different levels of what we're looking at. That 16 innings that Ortiz got is what Priester just got this year. Yeah. His his, yeah. but his is 30, 
right? Rowanzi was like, all right, boom, he's in, he's good. Mm-hmm. Ortiz was still, we're still going to ease him in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, and yeah. so like, but both of those were a little bit of a, oh, like I think us as fans, I think the organization treated Ortiz a little bit different than us as fans did. We wanted him in. We wanted yeah. him in and let's go. Um, and I think once the signings were made, we knew Ortiz was going to start off there, but we thought he would move his way into the rotation. And so I think there is a little more of an oh crap where I think Priester the whole time was, yeah, he's going to find his way to his debut. He's going to get a cup of coffee this year and we'll see what we got. Unfortunately for him, it just didn't go well. Right. I, and I think his cup that, of coffee came a little bit earlier than we expected. Yeah. And I think that for, for Priester, I still think even though the problems that he has were the problems that he had in AAA, I think there is a little bit of a, and I don't know, Obviously, never talked to him. Uh, his interviews kind of seem like he's he's not overly upset about things, but he understands the process, and he's saying, well, you know, this and this and this. But I think, if anything, your takeaway is, hey, you know that stuff you've been getting away with? You can't get away with it here. Right. So yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily, in his case, I don't know if it's necessarily like we need to... Uh, we need to just keep working on stuff. But like, I don't know if it's maybe, Hey, back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. Like you've got to figure this out. Yeah. And I don't know him on a personal level either, obviously. And could be, a, you don't, you don't want to humble a guy by setting him up for failure. Um, but, but you, you just don't know, like maybe he wasn't wanting to put in as much work cause he thought he was doing all right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, we're I not highly doubt that. I'm I'm reading yeah. into it a little bit. Yeah, we're but, not making you know. we're not making that assumption. We're just right. right. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. If 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 not, then this is something that is no matter what, you give a guy a cup of coffee, whether he was working hard or not. So benefit of the doubt, he's working hard. Right. He will still work harder. Yes. Regardless. Because he had yeah. a taste and he wants to get back. And I think for a guy like Priester, as far as like what his performance was, it'd be hard to say, or it'd be hard to imagine anything except, boy, I got to get back there and I got to do, I got to have some level of success. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like for a guy like that, he hasn't actually been there yet. Right. Because he came and he got blown up. So he hasn't quote unquote made it yet. If you have any type of success at the major league level, when you leave this game, you can say, but I did that even for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And say, yeah. like, my best was still good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, Priester is sitting there saying, like, I haven't given my best yet at that level. I haven't shown my best yet. Um, yeah. And some guys do get here and they do show their best. And their best is five starts, giving up at least four or five runs every time. And you can walk away from it saying... I made it there, but my best was really AAA. You know what I'm saying? And and that's still yeah. like, you know what I mean? I mean, there, there's a guy in town here who just got released and, and made it to AA, and he's still like, hey, man, he made it to AA. <laughs> right, right. But like for us, and we're talking about a Major League Baseball team, we're going to say like, couldn't hack it out of AA. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's just funny where your perception is. But either way, yeah. rabbit trail there. Um, 
Priester's got, he's got a list of, he's got video, he's got a list of things that he needs to work on. Uh, unfortunately, in my, from, from my standpoint and what I see, it's the same stuff that he knew he had to work on when he was in AAA. Yeah. So maybe there's something else you can take away, but it seems like he's just going to be on the same path. Um, now, does that mean that maybe he gets a cup of coffee next year or even at the end of this year, but next year and then says, well, now that I got my control under, I've realized that my fastball is not good enough. You know what I mean? Like we may, right. we may still be in for next year may not be a breakout year for him. He may figure out the, the balls and strikes and find out that there's another hole. I think the slider's all right. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. the, the breaking pitch, uh, but but my fa- and this is hypothetical. I think the I think the breaking pitch is fine, but the fastball needs work. Or you know what I'm saying. So we may we may deal with this again next year with Priester, which is why I say spend money on pitching because yeah. we don't yeah, know. We're definitely going to need pitching. We just don't know yet. Um, so anyway, um, I, I'm not overall worried at this point. I mean, Priester's still young. He still has an opportunity uh, to right the ship. It's not like there's. Oh yeah. It's not yeah. like there's anything there, so that that I'm that He's I'm like, oh no, we you know we we've got a we've got this on our hands. Yeah, I mean we're yeah age wise we're still, uh, Rowanzi's about to be 24, so he'll be 24 going into next year. Um, Luis Ortiz just turned 24, so the same thing. Um, actually no, January he'll be 25 in January, so he's going into his 25 year, and then. Yeah, a priester is about to be uh, in about a month. He's going to turn twenty three. So, yeah, they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. still all twenty five and younger, and they've got time. Yeah. Paul Skeens made his debut. His Bradenton debut. Sorry, yeah. his yeah. professional debut he'd already made. Right, this was right. his Bradenton debut. Um, and I was a little bit hyped about this. I was excited to see him go to Bradenton. I was, you know, excited to look at what it was going to be. I did. I didn't actually pull it up live. I was, I was busy, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it. Well, it didn't take long because he <laughs> threw one inning. Yeah, and a lot of hype even after the start, where I was excited. I I didn't really look it up because I was like, I'm going to watch it anyway. So I'm not, I'm not rushing to to you know, to go watch, but. But I was excited, and I saw some of the hype on it, and that it was good. And I was like, "Okay, all right, let's go, let's go watch it." And then, like later, realized like one inning was it. It wasn't yeah. just that people were talking about the first inning, but that was the only inning. So I was a little <laughs> bit bummed to see that. Not that I'm disagreeing with it or whatever. They're gonna do their thing. Um, yeah. How much can you talk about it? I mean, he's one one, right? So I'm I'm not gonna just skip over it. What sure. did you see? Second pitch base hit, right? Second pitch. Yeah, but I mean, did you watch it the whole thing? I I did. I didn't get a chance to. No. Um. I know you sent me the video and everything, and I just I, I watched the the Hedges video. I rewatched the Hedges video, and then I forgot to pull that one up. But um. But no. Yeah. I mean, you you can only talk about it so much. It was only four batters. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them struck out. One of them got a hit. What was the other out? Ground out, fly out. Um, did because he pitched one inning. Did they get him? That's you know what. Now that you say that, I remember watching it, but I 
I only saw the strikeouts. What the heck happened? <laughs> I, I mean, I know, right? I saw right. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Cause I've got it right here. We're pulling up the game log. We have this one here. Please tell me you went to the nope. They went to the 2023 Lakeland Flyers. Uh, somebody he must have got thrown out stealing or something. That's what I'm wondering. It was a ball in the it was a it was a ball and and they took off running and then the, the video stopped. Yeah, because it, it, it says he gave up one hit, two strikeouts, three batters faced. Yeah. Um, so the guy who led off with a single then steals second, bad throw. It was on the first strikeout. So he catches the strikeout, throws down there, and then he gets the strikeout swinging. And I believe he had a 2-2 count on the hitter, and I was like, how's that the end of the inning? It's because... Um, Picked off and caught stealing home. Called out on strikes, and and the the runner who got the base hit, this Seth Stevenson, he moved up to third. He stole second. The, the ball got away. Right. I don't know if he just like came too far off on that last pitch because it was a pitch in the dirt that the catcher had to block, and then he took off running. Skeens was going in to cover home, and the video stopped. So I'm assuming. Um, that all that was was him, like he broke for home, realized he had to shut it down, and then got picked off at third. Yeah. Um, but I am basing this off of Anthony Murphy from from the Three and a Half Gringos podcast, Pittsburgh Baseball. Now he puts up all these videos. If you're not following this guy on on YouTube, if you're not subscribed, you should be, because he's got it all and he has the whole inning there. But like I said, the end of the video, I didn't go back and watch the actual broadcast. I went and watched his video. So uh, mostly because he condenses it down and it, and it goes really quick. And that's what I had time for. So that's what I was doing. But but yeah, that's what it was. So I was thinking that that was a strikeout, but it wasn't. So he that was so it wasn't a third strikeout. He was still at 2-2. That's where I got confused. Well, that was a mess. <laughs> I mean, he's hitting 99, 100, all that stuff. I mean, the this, this stuff's there. The slider, he threw a nasty slider for that, uh, uh, for the first. Was that the strikeout? Or did he strike him out? Yeah, it was the strikeout. Nasty slider down and in. The uh, Jarvis, the shortstop, Jim Jarvis. Uh, swing and a miss, but the slider was a good pitch. It, it looked good every time. Whether he got a swing yeah. on it or not, it, it looked good. Um, so... Yeah. Mitch Jeb with a double while we're at it. Let off the game with a double. Michigan State. Anyway, um, it's <laughs> exciting. He's a 1 1. Yeah. He's getting his opportunity there, and uh, it's good to see him go out and do it. Hopefully, we see a few more innings, you know, like some starts yeah. that we actually, you know, can pitch three, four innings this year. Yeah. By. Give us a little more stuff to talk about on it. Yeah, I mean, obviously looks looks good right now. Yeah. Not much else to say. So let's get into this other thing, because we have, um, there's a lot of talk right now about Austin Hedges' comments on the Chris Rose rotation, and so let's set the scene a little bit. Um, we all know that Austin Hedges was being booed at PNC Park. 
and he he talked about it. Chris Rose brought it up and said um, about the fact that that he heard the booze in Pittsburgh and whatever, and and Hedges kind of took a second and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have, I have a few quotes here. Yeah, that sucked, dude." Mm-hmm. He ended up saying it was wild, and he did, didn't expect it. You want to break down maybe some of the comments? Because he also said things didn't go as well for me offensively as I wanted, which that's pretty obvious, right? He's yeah, calling yeah. it out there that he knows that it wasn't going well. Right. So when when he says, I didn't expect that, I've heard a lot of people say, like, you didn't? You were hitting 170. You didn't expect it? Right. Like, yeah. And, and I mean, there's just a lot of talk about what, where were the boos actually directed? Well, I mean, that's were the biggest necessarily, thing. Were they necessarily directed right at Austin Hedges? Were, I'm thinking they were like split 50-50. You know what I mean? Like there were people okay. out there that couldn't stand Austin Hedges, needed him out of the lineup. Like this guy can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag type stuff. Like all that good stuff. But the other side of it, they're like, no, nah, we're we're booing management. Like you you have two top catching prospects in the minors who hit the ball, and we're playing this guy that can't hit the ball. No, 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 no. Shame no, on no, no, you no, no, for no, no, not. No, no, no. We have two catching prospects on the team. The boos specifically that he's talking about. Yeah. Were the catchers were getting called up. And now yeah. I'm all of a sudden. I thought the group text thing was hilarious. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he's kidding. He's making light of this situation, which is telling you right now, this guy's not complaining about it. He right. really is not complaining. I, I want to just say that. I did not see this as him like being a baby about it and saying, Mm-mm. how dare they boo me? This was not a complaint. As right. a matter of fact, to fast forward to the end, he said a couple weeks and I adjusted and he was fine with it, right? This right. didn't wreck him. Right. It surprised him. I think if anybody is out there grinding, trying to perform, granted, he's hit 180 before. This yeah. is not new. But what is new is he's done that with like seven to 10 homers. Now, in a bigger sample size, but he's got one and he does not look like he's threatening to hit a second. Like, it is not <laughs> going well. Yeah. To put it in perspective, like, yes, he was bad offensively last year with the Guardians, but he had a, at least he had a like 45 OPS plus, which is terrible. But his, you know, value doesn't come from offense. And so if you're somebody who's willing to pay him money because he's good defensively, there is some sort of, leeway you have to say we understand he's not a league average hitter but he provides this defensively but like he wasn't he was a 28 like this is the batting average aside on base aside this guy had the ability even last year with seven home runs the year before that with 10 to impact a baseball game every once in a while Right. But here in Pittsburgh, he wasn't even doing that. Right. And he couldn't throw out base runners. And in the yeah. past, he's been able to do that. Andy, by the way, Which, is one away from having the same amount of caught stealing in a way smaller sample size than Hedges did. It was obviously a problem for him. He couldn't even hardly throw it accurate to second base for, for part of it. Right. And, and here's an interesting tidbit on that, because I did see after one of the games, McHenry 
breaking down Endy's throw down to to second. To, I forget who was stealing, but doesn't really matter. He got him, mm-hmm. and it's the whole one knee thing. You know, these catchers are all dropping one knee, and they're saying you can't throw guys out when you're dropping one knee. My guy, like the pitch is coming in, and he comes up off his knee and gets into a normal catching stance because the guy's running to be able to get his shoulders pointed to the, to the bag and get it and, and throw his pop time is like a one eight six. And, and, and the best pop time in the game right now is real Muto to 1.8. Mm-hmm. So he's right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And hedges talked about in that interview. If you listen to the, the full interview, the full episode, about, right? The full episode. I, yes. I only say this because like, because he's on the he's on there all he's a yes. co-host. It's not an interview, yeah. right? There they talk about all kinds of things, but but in these moments, it does feel very interviewee. But so right. I, you know, it's right. a pass. But I am I am saying like this guy's. I mean, I've been watching him on that show all year. Yeah. So anyway, so anyway, he talks about how when he went to Texas, he's already thrown a couple guys out, and he said it's interesting that I got taught this new technique to to like transition from the one knee to a traditional stance to be. Able, and I'm like. Andy's doing that in Pittsburgh, so I, I don't I don't understand where Andy picked it up. You know, is it is it not the Pittsburgh coaching staff that taught that to Andy? If they didn't say something to Hedges, Hedges about it, like, hmm. well, you know, I, I I don't know where that. It's interesting. I'm not going to break that down. It's just interesting. Okay, yeah, you're good. You're. Uh... Audio was, a little goofy. was a little, yeah, a little goofy there, but you're all right. Well, I think we heard that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it is. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, obviously that's as far as I'll go with it. But um, so to the boo comments, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as they started calling up these catchers, he started getting booed. I find it interesting that, and, and I don't, like I said, I don't think that he's saying this, but there are some people out there saying like, why would they do that? What do you mean? Are are we all pretending like home players don't get booed all the time? Like this is an issue if you don't like home players getting booed. This is just another example. This is not Mm -hmm. the example. This isn't like, oh, wow, how terrible that they did that. This is a, are we going to keep doing this or not? Like, you're fine to bring this up and say this is not a good idea, but the fact is, is like Chris Rose already had those. He talked about something that somebody told him back when he was on Fox. Yeah. And so, like, when you're when you're saying that, like, that he had this conversation 15 years ago, this is not a new thing. Right. I mean, the Yankees boo their players every night, I feel like. <laughs> When you're in that bigger atmosphere and teams that are expecting to do well every single year, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is an okay expectation for Pirates fans, there's a path that we could be good every year. Might look different, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. Side note, sorry. But the, the idea is that like those guys are getting paid a lot. If they're not doing well, they're going to get booed. Yeah. And I don't like it, personally. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we're the first to do it. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like a guy that's hitting 165 with one home run and isn't even doing his job on the defensive side of things is exempt. He's not exempt. No. And while I disagree with booing the home team, period, point blank, 
Josh disagrees with booing any player that's in the lineup today. Yeah. I disagree with it. I think if I'm at the if I'm at the stadium, I want to see the Pirates win. And I, I I put this tweet out not too long ago saying, I wonder what would happen if we actually supported and cheered for those who are struggling. Like intentionally cheered. Now, this was back at the beginning of July, which is interesting that Philadelphia, one of the harder places to play, where you will get booed, Alec Bohm will tell you firsthand, mm-hmm. where Trey Turner has been struggling and they went out of their way to cheer for him. And I just would love to see a, a month or two from now to go back and say, what happened after that? Yeah. Did that improve him? Like just that the idea that that the home fan base was confident in him. And if so, does that change how I feel about the Austin Hedges situation? No. The reason is, is because Trey Turner is a proven, really, really, really <laughs> good player. And Austin yeah. Hedges is a proven bad hitter. So right. it's not going right. to change. We know he doesn't hit well. I also saw somebody say yesterday that they, for the first time, looked into the umpire scorecards website. To which I'm like, ah, oh, where you been? We've been looking at this. <laughs> However, they may, he made a note. Now, I didn't know this. He, you know, He's looked at this at this point. Um, and said that the Pirates have benefited from umpire bad calls, quote-unquote, more than anybody else. They, he, he also noted that they've gotten hosed the second most. They've been on, on the offensive side. They've been on the wrong side of it. So one of those things you could say is, well, we've had bad umpires then. <laughs> Just consistently <laughs> bad umpires. But no, I mean, to be honest with you, we benefit not because of bad calls, but because of good pitch framing. And delay and hedges are two of the top. And we've been benefiting from having a catcher who can handle that. Mm-hmm. So just to throw the good out while we're talking about the bad. Yeah. But as far as the booze go, oh, he also, I just to throw this out there, he talks about the mental skills coach that he went to. Um, that's not because he got booed. They talk to those guys all the time. It's part of the process. All the, all the teams are doing that now. It's, it's obvious. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. Mental health is super important. Um, And so these teams are getting out in front of that and saying, or maybe they're behind it if if you've been on this for a long time. But either way, it's regular. You have regular conversations uh, that this guy has a job to do. They're not just going to be like, we're going to pay you just in case. (laughs) They're not doing that. They're actively communicating with, with these people and talking with these people. So and it doesn't have to be about things that are happening on the field either. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, right. It, it could be one of these guys that hasn't seen their family in five months and they're just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's frustrating and I'm ready for, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, yeah. I'm, I'm injecting it in, into a place I shouldn't be. So the idea is that they, they talk to these guys all the time. This isn't yeah. something where he seeked him out because this was bothering him so bad. I think it bugged him because it surprised him. I think he was out there grinding, trying to do his best. I think that the team themselves have valued what he did for pitchers and behind the plate. I think they valued it so high that they weren't on him about his offense. Yeah. And the fan base is back here saying, just hit the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give us something. I said at the beginning of the year, if he can go out there and pop 8 to 10, 8 to 12 home runs while he's hitting under 200, I'll pass. 
right. for the benefit of what he can do behind the plate. I'll pass it. But he wasn't doing that. If you if you didn't have any power to go along with it, you're giving me nothing here. Right. And and at some point, when the rest of the offense is not coming through, you have to do something different. Granted, yeah. I'm not booing him. Right. So I don't know. I, I've talked a lot and I feel like you've I feel like you're agreeing with a lot, but I I, I just want to hear maybe some of your takes because we didn't really uh go anywhere else with this, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not booing him either. I, I, like like you said, I mean, I'm I'm with you on on most of what you said. Uh, the the Trey Turner comp is is interesting. Like, and and I know that goes with a, a proven player. Yeah, but it or is at least the guy, we, or at least the guy capable. <laughs> right, right. But, it, but I have still, no hope. even like, yeah, just getting behind a guy, even the whole team, getting behind the whole team. It, it, he he said if you if you went to the game to boo, stay home. Ooh, I actually I actually agree with that. Yeah, I mean if you're going there to boo, either stay home, home or boo the other team. Yeah, 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 yeah. The home team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and and uh, the other side of that Phillies thing actually, they booed Bryce Harper. Oh, they've booed them all. They booed Bryce overpaid. Uh, you know, I mean, at PNC Park when we we're playing the Phillies. Phillies fans sitting behind me like you overpaid bump. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like it's it's not new. No, it's, this is not. It's new. not even it's, rare. It's not rare. It happens everywhere. But but it shouldn't. I I just don't. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I I tend to. We're both optimistic guys, though. I mean, we've been accused of that many many times. But I still like to go to the ballpark and and. I don't care what you're doing on the season. I'm here. I want you to win. I want you to do good today. I'm more apt to say, please, just one time while I'm here, right. get a hit. <laughs> right. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm here. Like, I want to see you win. Yeah. Let's do good today. Let's go. Yeah. You know, but. And it's same thing with a pitcher who has a rough outing. When he's coming off the field, I want to say like, hey, get him next time, man. I got to yeah. get you out of the game now. I wanted yeah. you out of the game two batters ago. But <laughs> at the same time, like, I also need you to pitch better the next time. So, yeah. you know, let's, yeah. let's, you know, I, and here's the thing before we wrap this thing up, cause we are getting close here. Um, I think that the idea that you're upset about what Austin Hedges was doing and the fact that Davis slash Andy was not catching in that moment. Um, I do not disagree with you by any right, stretch right. of the imagination. Right. You are righteous to be upset that he's in mm -hmm. the lineup. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that. I'm not even like if I've ever said that what Hedges can do defensively um, should make up for 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 some of that, or at least if I've ever said uh, that that's what the front office thinks, um, then I've said that, and that's fine. But hindsight is 2020, and as we watched what he did here, it was not okay, and we right. we've said as much here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm defending the fact that that he was fine. You know what I'm saying? Even if I'm saying right. I wouldn't boo him and I don't like him getting booed, um, it's certainly not because of anything that he did or did not do. It's just because I would rather, while I'm at the game, I'd mm -hmm. rather just root for the home team mm -hmm. and... That is as far as it goes. Trust me. Like, yeah. I get it. 
I have been frustrated. We've all been frustrated with yeah. the lack of offense, and not just from him. You know what I'm saying? Right, but right. like just across the board, you in in today's game, you can't win without offense. I mean, in any game, but particularly in today's game, because th- that's just been proven. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. But I just want that understood that it's not. I don't want to see quote unquote Austin Hedges get booed. It's that I don't want to see the home team getting booed. Right. Um, especially on a team that's obviously rebuilding. Right. Um, now, with that said, I think we've covered all of those things. Um, I have made the point to say, I'm not sure Austin Hedges was, like you've pointed out, was the one getting booed. I wanted to go through and say that we understand that Pirates fans most of the time are booing decision makers yeah guys setting the lineup all of those things and all of that is still fair Mm -hmm. excuse me all of that is still fair but i just when you're at the stadium when you're at the game i'd just rather it not hold up a sign before the game starts boo after the game's over if they lose boo all of those things i feel like there's a time um You know, and and I and I guarantee you, it it Bob Nutting is not hearing it. He doesn't care whether you put it on Twitter, whether you put it on Facebook, right, whether right. you talk about it on the radio, or whether you boo them at the stands. He's not listening. He's looking at the bottom line. If he's making money, he's doing well. If he's not, he's not doing well. Period. The baseball guys will worry about baseball. Bob Nutting mm-hmm. is worrying about black versus red letters. You see what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah. don't care. And you know what? To be quite honest, that's really all he should play in. Yeah. He doesn't know baseball. He shouldn't meddle in the affairs of baseball. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, if he continues to just leave the baseball up to the baseball people, then the only thing that I can gripe about with Bob Nutting is that we're not spending money. That he's not allowing Ben Sherrington or whoever to spend money. And that's where my gripe goes. And it is still my gripe. Until this team commits, I know that that black is is a big number. I mean, I don't know that, but we we assume that that, that they're not losing money. Right. The payroll needs to go up. and, And we understand that. I think there's a way you can win without it, but at some point, and I think that's this offseason, the payroll needs to go up at certain positions. Yep. And I think first base is the first place I go. I, I know that starting pitching should be too, but I think if you get lucky, you could pass, you could have a passable starting rotation if you didn't spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. I think I passable. <laughs> but nothing you're gonna do at first base is passable unless you spend money. And they spent money on it this year, and and it was passable. But that's it. I mean, go yeah. further. Right. It was passable because what we've had in the past has been complete failure offensively and defensively. If anything, you could say that defensively this year we had an actual first baseman. Right. Now he's been traded. <laughs> right. Both but he was them. here. Both of them. But they were here, and it was passable. I'd much rather see you go get an impact player at first base. 
if you can find him. There's really not a lot out there. There's right, really not. Right. As surprising like as that is, is down right now. it is. As surprising as that is, it's really not out there that much. But either way, um, that's all the time we have today. I'm going to hit the thing. You have any closing thoughts on hedges or anything else that we talked about before we get out just, of here? Just looking forward to see more of Paul Skeens, man. See how he develops. It, it's exciting. It's 1-1, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it's the long game, but we'll talk about it here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the long game. Yeah. It's it's not the short game. So, yeah, as far as the Austin Hedges stuff, guys, I think uh, I think this we can talk about this. It'll blow away in the wind, and it's going to be just fine. I think Austin Hedges is just fine, by the way, guys. I don't think that this is like a turning yeah, he's point. Laughing. Yeah, he's, he's laughing fine. About it. He's fine. It did surprise him. It, he talked about it. He's fine. We all go through things like that. Um, if you can, don't boo our guys. See if you can get them to win. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.